379th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contest. $14 million is up for grabs, and you can get all the details at CircaSports.com. Howdy, yo, Jen Reno's a welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 379. Going to go out to Vlad Guerrero Jr., Vlad Guerrero Jr., Vladdy, a.k.a. Vladdy for winning the home run contest. And he's a uh, place for the Blue Jays, my home team. Thank you for coming to the show. I would be Jeff Chalks Fox, one half of this here podcasting dream team. And we have a dream UFC card we're going to be breaking down this week. Boy, oh boy. Even my co-host, off air was saying how uh, he didn't like the look of the fight card too much. I don't know if he'll admit it on air, but he was kind of uh, being, ugh, about the fight card. I bet once I kicked him, he'd be like, this is a great card. <laughs> Let's find out. It's Daniel Gumby Reeland. Hello. It's not a great card. Uh, oh, I, will, I, I, will, I will tell you from a, uh, uh, this is a meaningful fight in this division standpoint. Outside of uh the the higher weight women's fights uh the bantam weight, women's bantam weight and the one women's featherweight fight they have almost no relevance none, none of these fights have any relevance whatsoever um at least to like immediate rankings title pictures type stuff like i already know i'm gonna file my rankings uh come sunday morning and it's gonna be like maybe one change maybe one person going up a little bit but largely just untouched ranking changes um so that's that's the first thing I'll say. The second thing I'll say is all of the lines are crazy close, though. Um, yep. Like like they're well put together fights, which means like, yeah, maybe they're not the most exciting. Maybe they're not the most meaningful. But uh, from a gambling standpoint, if you hit a lot of these, you're going to make a lot of money because they are uh, they are well lined. It's true. And I was surprised by it. And then the ones that aren't close, I was surprised by who was favored. So I don't know what that tells us. But um yeah, I guess this is the type of fight card you're going to get when the UFC runs what twelve weeks in a row and and two U, two uh, pay per views this month. So um, getting low on the on the top shelf talent, especially when they load up the the pay per views. But it doesn't matter, as we said in the past. So it doesn't matter what who's fighting. We can we can make money off it, especially when Gumby was telling you how the lines are very close. So hopefully we can get some uh, nice dogs on this here fight card um, before we dive in because we got I think eight fights to break down today seven or eight fights so it's a, a action-packed it's going to be action-packed episode i got to tell you about our friends at circa sports because circa millions and circa survivor are back 14 million dollars in guaranteed prizes are up for grabs circa millions is five nfl picks against the spread each week and circa survivor you just pick a different money line winner each week you enter in vegas and play from anywhere sports gambling podcast will be out in vegas the last weekend in august circusports.com for all the deets c-i-r-c-a-s-p-o-r-t-s.com for the details gumby is going to buy tickets to ufc boston if he wins 14 million dollars because that's how much it costs to get into that event and uh he says cowboys go cowboys every week that you can go cowboys yeah just just pick them every single week blindly pick the cowboys yeah yeah against the spread Okay, okay, fine. Against the spread. All right. Um home versus Bueno Silva is what we're talking about. The uh the headliner that we we desperately needed and wanted 
a aging Holly Holm against Myra Bueno Silva. All right, we're going to do the prelims first for you. So this event's going down Friday, not Friday. That would be odd. Saturday, July the 15th at the UFC Apex. Uh, the main card and the prelims are both on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. So we're going to talk about the prelims this episode, and tomorrow will be the main card and all our fancy picks. So prelims currently right now are scheduled to start at 7 p.m. That may change a bit because we have lost a fight, Walt Harris and Josh Parisian. I know everyone's going to be groaning and crying when they hear that fight got uh, canceled, but that fight has been canceled, so the fight card has been reduced a little bit, at least by one fight. So um, we'll see if they change the start time or not, but we're going to go with 7 o'clock Eastern as of now, and we're starting off with a women's band and weight fight. Ashley Evans-Smith, yes, she still exists, and she still fights, apparently, versus Eileen Perez, who is the self-proclaimed greatest fighter of all time. All right, my dog disagrees, if you can hear. All right, we're going to tell you about Ashley Evans-Smith first. Rebel girl, 6-5 and five with three knockouts. She's been submitted twice. She's failed a drug test twice. She's just currently coming off a drug test failure suspension that had her out 14 months, but she was already out a bunch of time before that because she does not fought since November of 2020. Um, at that time, she had just completed a two-fight losing streak. So she's 0-2 and 1-4 and of her last five fights. That win came in April of 2018. So it's been a long time. Used to fight at flyweight. Used to fight at bantamweight. Uh, sorry, featherweight. This one is at bantamweight. Uh, she was a regional champion. 2013 pro MMA debut. Three inches tall in Perez. An inch of reach on her. Almost three times more active landing strikes in the UFC, but Perez is, is based off of one fight that she did not do well in. Um, Evan Smith has been outstruck over a UFC career by 0.15 strikes per minute. So that gives her a negative 0.15 strike differential, and she's at plus 175. Fiona Perez, 7-2, four knockouts, one submission. She's been submitted once. 0-1 in the UFC, multi-regional championships on her. Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. That includes a samurai fight house title. Boom. <laughs> there you go. What more do you need? Yeah, I saw there's a lot of good. Uh, we got some Carlos Linos uh, international promotions uh, on this fight card. A lot, <laughs> lot of good uh, fighter. A lot of good alumni from from fight uh, fight cards that we love. So, um, all right. Perez used to fight up at featherweight. That's predominantly where, where she has fought, I believe. Uh, she did outstrike um her who who did she fight originally she lost Steph, to stephanie stephanie Eger, right stephanie Eger, yeah she technically outstruck her one te technically she really did outstrike her by 0.1 strikes per minute in that fight she's seven years younger than evan smith better grappling stats based off of one fight minus 188 all right probably enough said about this fight already but go ahead and make a pick i'm gonna go dog ashley evan smith here whoa i, I, I you know, look I, I see the the layoff um but but two things factoring into this first is uh, the first one is just how bad Aileen Perez looked in her debut, right? Like if you go back and you watch that fight with Stephanie Yeager, it, like she basically set up the judo throws for Stephanie Yeager, right? Like she got over under control and then just hung out there to let Stephanie Yeager take her down. She seems to want to shoot takedowns, but seems like she has no idea how to actually do it. Um, She like, she like flicks kicks out there a lot, which again, Ashley Evan Smith, for those who don't remember having watched her because it has been so long, is like she's a pretty good wrestler. Like she always has been a pretty good wrestler. And, you know, if Perez is just going to flick kicks out there kind of seamlessly or, you know, like aimlessly rather, not seamlessly, aimlessly, she's going to get taken down regularly. And 
it seemed like after she had one grappling exchange with Stephanie Egger that she was like exhausted. She seemed tired and like she had no idea what she was doing anymore. And so like Evan Smith, you know, for, you know, if we're going to assume it's the same Ashley Evan Smith we saw last time, she dealt with the pressure from Norma Dumont quite well. And Norma Dumont is a much better grappler and a much better striker than than Aileen Perez is. And, like, when she got control in the clinch, she actually did one of those head and arm throws on uh, Norma Dumont. Now, she she wound up losing the position in the scramble. But, like, I, I think she's a way better grappler than Aileen Perez is. And, you know, like, women's underdogs are hitting at a notoriously high rate. So, like, hey, I, I'm going to take a stab here again, and I'll take uh, – the plus 175 on Ashley Evans Smith. First of all, it sounded like you were calling her her Alien Perez, which is great. That's gonna be the title of the episode. <laughs> Alien, Alien Perez. Perez. Uh now women's let's check out that stat here. Women's underdogs are winning 46% this year. So yes, that is a much much higher rate. Men's are right around 33%. So it's way, way higher. Um all that being said, I, I'm still taking the alien, alien Perez in this fight. Uh much younger, and I, I can't trust where Evan Smith is going to be at hopefully clean uh, since she did get busted um, for performance drugs uh, last fight and she has not fought in, in ages. No, I, I can't, I can't put my money behind that. So uh, give me Fiona Perez in this fight. Um, where else you know, are you going to get real quick? <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that, that Fiona Perez here has not won a fight. That was against somebody who had won a fight. <laughs> <laughs> or was was not in Samurai Fight House. It was either in Samurai Fight House or against somebody who has never won before. Well, we are fans of Samurai Fight House, so that, that's okay. Yeah, uh, I'm still taking it. I'm just just giving you, you, a, you just a fun stat to to you know marinate on. You, you really can't be like super confident and proud of your oh uh, no, Smith pick either. So <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like if she comes out, and she looks like she used to. I'd, I'm gonna yeah. like you know wipe the sweat off my brow and be like. Oh, yeah. you know, she looked like she's supposed to like she looked like she did yep. against Norma Dumont all those years ago. So uh, and that that Ashley Evan Smith smokes Aileen Perez. So we'll see if she can beat the alien or not. Um, where else are you going to get that much detail on, on the opener? Uh, Ashley Evan Smith versus Eileen Perez. Nowhere else. So that's why you're listening to this podcast, because you're weirdos like the rest of us. All right. Going to lightweights on the men's side. Alexander Munoz versus Carl Deaton, the third. Uh, we will tell you about Deaton, the third first, the Anishabe kid. He's, I said that right too, I think, didn't I? I'm pretty good. Sounds good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. He's 17 and six, three knockouts, nine submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. Owen won in the UFC. He's won two of his last three and two of his last five. He lost his last fight via submission. He was 0 1 in PFL, was a regional champion. He's fight down at Featherweight and down at Bantamweight. 2011 was his pro MMA debut was also a pro boxer. He got outstruck in the UFC fight by 0.1 strikes per minute. He's at plus 135. Munoz, 6 and 2, two knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight. He's lost two straight fights, 0 and 2 in the UFC. He's not fought since April 2021. He's not won since April of 2019. One in the contender series, 2 inches height, 3 inches of reach on Deaton. He's almost 40 times more active landing strikes uh, based off of their their UFC experiences and contender series experiences. Whoever he was outstruck uh, or he has been outstruck by his contender and UFC opponents by 1.53 strikes per minute. Grab the stats in his favor, minus 155. Give me the favorite here. 
don't really have too much to say about this fight because I barely even remember who these guys are. But uh, going over resumes and uh, stats and checking out who they fought and all that pertinent stuff, I, I like Munoz in this fight. Really? Because uh, I will say, uh, so I'm going to go Deaton. I'm, I'm going to differ with you again. I'm going to go dog dog wow. at the gate. And, and the, the reason why, out. you know, like if I, if we're talking about resumes, I actually disagree with you on that. Like Deaton fought Joe Selecki in his debut. He's fought Justin James on the regional scene. He fought Alejandro Flores in uh, um, PFL. He fought Nate Williams a couple of times. He's a pretty good regional fighter. He's fought Vince Murdoch, who was on the ultimate fighter. And meanwhile, we're talking about Alex Munoz, a guy who got, like, beat up pretty badly by violent Bob Ross right before he got fired. Um, and, and, like, beat a dude, no offense to Nick Newell, because Nick Newell, an incredible mixed martial artist. But, like, he won his contender series fight to, to try to get to the UFC by literally just taking down a dude with one arm and holding him there and not throwing any punches. And then he, since then, he hasn't been able to do that at the highest level. Like, any takedown he's gotten... He's got like two seconds of top control. Um, you know, he took down uh, Luis Pena four times in that fight, and he barely had two minutes of control time. So that means like he wasn't able to keep Luis Pena down for more than 30 seconds. And that includes control against the cage, too. So it might even be less than that. So, like, I, I just haven't been impressed with his wrestling, haven't been impressed with his resume. If you look at Deaton's first couple of like takedown defenses against Joe Selecki, which, by the way, was on very short notice. Like, he stuffs the first couple of takedowns on Selecki, and he, like, keeps the fight standing for a little bit. And if you go back and you watch his fight with Janes, which, by the way, it looks like Janes is just, like, quitting for the whole fight, so maybe take this with a, a grain of salt. I mean, he was lighting him up on the feet. He was way faster than him, wasn't afraid to exchange with Justin Janes, who notoriously has, like, a big right hand. So, like, I, I think Deaton, with the exception of a possibility where Munoz just lays on him for for 15 minutes here, which, you know, hasn't looked particularly good for him so far doing that. I think Deaton should probably be favorited here. Yeah, why are the odds where they are, you think? I don't know. Like, maybe because, I mean, like, Deaton got finished in his first fight in, like, very quickly. Uh, not very quickly. He made it to almost the end of the second round with Joe Selecki. That's that's pretty good, in my opinion, especially because he took that fight on short notice. Um, Joe Selecki was supposed to... I'm trying to remember who Joe Selecki was supposed to fight. Oh, he was supposed to fight Benoit Saint-Denis. Um, and Benoit Saint-Denis hurt his ankle. So he, like, filled in for Benoit Saint-Denis on a week's notice. And, like, still battled with Joe Selecki. But I think the the... You know, like the fact that he got rear naked choked versus the fact that like Munoz keeps losing like decisions that are close, but they're only close because like one of the judges seems to think like his takedowns with no control time are worth something and the strikes he keeps eating aren't worth anything. Um, and like, uh, especially now the way the judges have been where like they are, they seem to be giving grappling like less credit than it actually deserves like it, it probably deserves more credit than the judges are giving it now um yep. like I, I think that 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 fits well to for a deaton upset too because like if if uh if they're gonna they're gonna give credit to the guy who's sparking people on the feet and not to the guy who got three takedowns with 30 seconds of control time like man that favors deaton big time all right we shall see we shall see we're going down to flyweights now tyson nam as at maxim and I'm going to tell you about Nam first, 21, 13, and three. Sorry, 21, 13, and one. 
13 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once. Three and four in the UFC. He's gone loss, win, loss over his last three fights. Got submitted in his last fight. He's fight up at Bantamweight. Malta Regional Championships on his... Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store. 0-2 in the World Series of Fighting. 2006 Pro MMA debut. He's at plus 325. Maxim Kazak is the nickname. 16-0. and 0. Five knockouts, six submissions. This is his debut in the UFC. Five of his last six wins have come via finish. He's an inch taller than Nam, 12 years younger, minus 400 on the newcomer. Tell us, what, what do we need to know about Kazakh here? Is he the real deal? I mean, like, you know, it, it depends on your your uh, your definition of the real deal. Is he a good enough wrestler to beat Tyson Nam? Yeah, that's he, he's the real deal in that way. Do I know that he is, uh, like, a guy we have to pay attention to at, at Flyweight? I don't know yet. Um, uh, you know, like, I, I, and to be honest, he's a guy who I'm probably leaving out of all of my parlays here because, you know, like negative 400, first of all, a big number. Second of all, Tyson Nam, one shot and you're done. Like he puts people away. We've seen him do it time and time again. He puts people away. And Moxham is, he seems in what I've seen from him, he fought in Octagon mostly, which is that, uh, that Czech Republic uh, promotion. And like for the most part, what I've seen out of him there is he, he's kind of a slow striker and doesn't seem too comfortable on the feet, which is obviously a problem against Tyson Nam. But when he does get in on those legs, like you're done, he's going to get the takedown. And in addition to that, like he is very submission hunt heavy. Um, he's got like a nice Dars choke that he uses. He works to the back well, and it's also not in a risky way. He like holds people down well, not a ton of ground and pound, but like a ton of top control time. So like, I kind of think he's good enough to do that to Nam. But as far as like, is he the real deal? Like, I- I'm not ready to like, you know, sort of punch that ticket and say like, I'm ready to back Maxim for, for the foreseeable future. I think Maxim in this, in this, um, matchup as well. You can't overlook being 12 years younger than Nam too. That that's massive, especially at uh, at flyweight. So Gumby's finally got off his dog picking train. We'll see if he hops back on it after I tell you about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Basketball Mania Four is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away 15 million dollars in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over our Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. For 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. that's underlogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, we are moving on to, moving up to lightweights. Evan Elder, who was on the Top Turtle MMA podcast hosted by Mr. Gumby this week, so listen to that. Uh, he's fighting General Valdez. Uh, we'll tell you about Mr. Valdez first. Reyadito is the nickname. 10 and 2, 7 knockouts, 3 submissions, so he's finished all of his wins. And he's been knocked out himself once. 0-2 in the UFC, 1-0 in the Contender Series. More active landing strikes than Elder. However, he's been outstruck over his UFC and Contender Series fights by 3.67 strikes per minute. That will that will get you some losses. He's got better grappling stats than Elder as well. He's at plus 250. Evan, the phenom Elder. 7-2, 4 knockouts, 1 submission. He's been knocked out once. 0-2 in the UFC. He's an inch taller than Valdez, 5 years younger. He's been outstruck over his two UFC fights by 1.64 strikes a minute. He's at minus 275. Give me Elder, uh, almost, or he, he was going to win his last fight before he unfortunately got cut. Um, I just think he is the better fighter in this in this fight, hence the hence the uh, betting line. So give me Elder. 
Yeah, and, and Elder's got like the, he showed in that Nazim Sadikov fight that he first of all he can take a punch, um, because Sadikov hits hard, so like he can take a punch. In addition to taking a punch, he's got good counters. He's got solid power in his own right because he was cracking Sadikov well. He had him wobbly once or twice. And also, like, I think people sleep on how good of a wrestler Evan Elder is. Because Evan Elder, if you go back to, like, while he was on the regional scene, got the job done with his grappling kind of a lot. Like, that was a thing he went to more often than his hands. Um, you know, like, yeah, he's got some some other finishes that were standing. You know, he threw a, a knee and got a knockout. But I, I've also seen him just, like, grind people out. He, you know, get them on the ground, hit an arm bar, stuff like that. So, like, I think he's kind of sleepy good on the mat. I don't know that he'll take this here. But even if he doesn't like what he's getting standing with Gennaro Valdez, Valdez's takedown defense is bad enough that, like, Elder can go there. So this is one of the few, like, big favorites on the card total. Uh, but I do like, uh, you know, like, I think he sticks out as, as a guy who's definitely going to win. All right. We are agreeing once again. Let's go down to featherweight. Austin Lingle, Melquizal, Costa, I would tell you about lights out lingo first nine and two, three knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted once two and two in the UFC lost his last fight via submission. He's more active landing strikes than Costa and has better grappling stats, but Costa's only fought once. So small sample size there. Um, lingo has been outstruck over his four UFC fights by 0.15 strikes a minute. He's at plus 175. Milk coffee is the nickname. Do you have any idea what, what we're talking about here? I mean, I know he goes by milk. I'm just yeah, he goes by milk, but yeah, I don't know what the it's I don't know what the K A E yeah C A U T H Y yeah I don't so, know what that is. All right, have him on your show. Find out. Um, all right, Costa, nineteen to six, seven knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. Oh, won the UFC. He lost that fight via submission. Who is that against, Dan? Uh the one he lost by submission. Lingo lost by submission. It was Costa. His UFC oh, debut. Cost- Costa lost by submission because Lingo just lost by submission too. It was to Nate. Oh right, Landwehr. yes, yes. Um. Oh, Tiago Moises. He took a short notice yes. fight with Tiago Moises in Brazil. Correct. Correct. Um. Costa's gone two and two over his last four, and seven and two over his last nine. Was a regional champion. Used to fight up at lightweight and down at bantamweight. Into reach on Lingo. Two years younger than him. He did outstrike uh Tiago Moises in their fight by point one one strikes a minute. He's at minus two hundred. Over to you. Um, I, I'm going to take Melky Costa here. I, I, uh, I do really like lingo. I actually picked him in that fight with, uh, Nate Landwehr and it was looking good early. Like he won that first round against Landwehr. Um, you know, he was landing that hard one, two early on and backing him up. But then like the pace of Nate Landwehr clearly got to him. And, and that's fair because like Nate Landwehr is a guy who, who can put a pace on people, right? That's that's always kind of been his best thing. Um, and as he began to slow, he became very vulnerable to like an, a rear hand counter over the top of his guard, especially when he throws a jab. He also became really susceptible to getting hit by uppercuts. Um, you know, like just the pace of land where it suddenly opened up a whole bunch of punches. And here's the thing. Costa is a shoot the box guy. Right. He's a Diego Lima shoot the box. Like I'm done picking against those guys because um, they win all the freaking time. And the pace they put on people is insane. Uh, and, and he's got really great speed. Uh, he did a good job defending takedowns from Tiago Moises. I'm not sure he'll have to do that here. But like Lingo wrestles once in a while, too. Um, but I think he's just light on his feet. I would totally not be surprised if he hurts Austin Lingo with a kick to the body because they're they're opposite stances. 
you know, Lingo fights uh, Orthodox, Melky fights Southpaw. It would totally not surprise me if he shut him down with a liver kick here, uh, especially as he tires him out. But yeah, I like Melky Costa. As do I. Uh, he, he looked good, even though it was short notice against a, a very good opponent. He, he did look good in his UFC debut. So I will very happily pick him here at minus 200. All right. Uh, second from the top on the prelims. Women's strawweights, Victoria Dudakova versus Estella Nunes. We're going to tell you about Nunes first. Six and four with two knockouts. She's been knocked out once, submitted twice, 0-3 in the UFC. Uh, two of those fights have come, uh, those stops uh, have come via stoppage finishes. So she's been finishing two of her three UFC fights. Uh, it's not one since July of 2018. Two and one in one championship, though, which is the greatest promotion in the world. I uh, used to fight at Flyweight. This Her debut was 2015 in pro MMA. She also does pro Muay Thai. She's four times more active landing strikes than Dudakova, but Dudakova is based off of one fight. Um, she's got a strike differential, a positive one, despite losing three straight fights, a 0.22 in the UFC. So 0.22 strikes per minute, and she's at plus 190. Dudakova, 6-0, one knockout, four submissions. This is her UFC debut, 1-0 in the contender series. In inch of height, inch of reach on Nunes, seven years younger. She did get outstruck on the contender series by 0.46 strikes a minute. Better grappling stats than Nunes, but based off of one fight, minus 210. Give me the newcomer, Dudakova. Impressed us on contender series. Nunes has not impressed us whatsoever. So uh, I will take the newcomer, who's also way younger than Nunes. Well, and also it seems like the UFC wants Dudakova to win this fight too, right? Estela Nunes is 0-3 yeah. in, in the UFC, and they're giving her another yeah. shot. Um, yeah. it, it seems like they're trying to ease Dudakova in. Also, Dudakova's win on Contender Series, I, I think, has aged really well because uh, Maria Silva has gone over to KSW and is making noise in their division over there. So, uh, you know, she's, she's doing big things too. I think the bottom line here, and, and the only thing you really need to break down, is like, can Estela Nunes keep this fight on the feet for any kind of time? Um, and I think the answer is no. She got taken down by Carnalosi. She got taken down by Sam Hughes. Um, Hauregi didn't want to take her down, but like probably could have if she wanted to. You got a Muay Thai fighter in there against a Russian wrestler, um, and, and I just don't, I, I don't give her any chance to keep it on the feet long enough to get anything done. So yeah, give me, give me Dudakova here. Yeah, it uh, hasn't been. They haven't been too nice to Nunes in the UFC. They kind of gave her a rough lineup of fighters to, to begin with. But um, if she can't beat a debuting fighter here, then then she will be gone. I'm sure. So you don't see too many 0 and four fighters sticking around in the UFC. Um, all right, main event time. Featherweight Tucker Lutz versus Melsic Bagdazarian. Our friend Ryan in the Discord said this is the true main event, and he, he's he's correct. This is the main event of the prelims. Um, all right, tell you about. Let's first Top Gun is the nickname. 12 and three, six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. One and two in the UFC. He's lost two straight fights after winning his debut. Last one, last fight got submitted. Has not won since May of 2021. Two and all in the contender series. Used to fight at lightweight. Was regional champion. Two inches of reach on Bagdazarian, two years younger than him. He's outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by 1.02 strikes per minute. He's got better grappling stats than Bagdazarian, and he's at plus 140. Melsic is the gun. Seven and two with five knockouts. He's been submitted twice, so that is the issue with him. Submissions. Uh, two and one in the UFC. Lost his last fight via submission. Used to fight at lightweight. One no contender series. Has missed weight before. Nine and two in kickboxing and is a champion in that realm. Three and zero as a pro boxer. Inch taller than Lutz. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. He's got a positive strike differential of two point three five strikes per minute in the UFC. He's at minus one forty eight. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Bogdazari in here. 
I think um, you know, we you mentioned, you know, that that submissions have kind of been his Achilles heel. Both of his losses have come that way. It's worth noting that one of them was in his pro debut, which was in 2014. Um, so like a long ass time ago. And then he didn't fight again in MMA for another five years. He just went to boxing and kickboxing and all that. So like he probably had not been very well versed in the ground game at that time. And the last one was to Josh Kolobau. And in that fight with Kolobau, like he was clearly getting the better of the striking. And he just the 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 move that eventually got Kolobau on his back seemed more like a slip than an actual takedown. I think his takedown defense is actually pretty good. It held up against Dennis Bazooka on uh, on Contender Series, who who's a pretty good wrestler in his own right. Um, and, and he's been able to outstrike strikers. Meanwhile, Tucker Lutz, it's not like I really trust his wrestling um, because he's going to, I think everybody has to agree. He's going to be at a massive striking uh, disadvantage. Here. Like he, he is not going to be the better striker in this. I don't think anybody can make that argument with any kind of confidence because, you know, Melsic is a legit kickboxer, whereas Tucker Lutz is, you know, like a, uh sprawling brawl boxer kind of type and I, I just don't trust his I, I don't trust his takedown offense here enough to get Bogdasarian down for any sustained amount of time yeah uh, you know me always got to go with the the better striker here and he's clearly going to be the better striker so Bogdasarian's my pick to complete my completely chalky uh prelims not intentional just the way it turned out all right let's recap we both have Bogdasarian both have Dudakova we both have Costa we both have Elder. We both have Maxim. Uh, I have Munoz, and damn, made me feel bad about it. He has Deaton. And then Dan has Evan, Evan Smith, who I kind of made him feel bad about, and I have Perez. Right? I don't think anybody could feel good about a bet <laughs> on Evan Smith. No, Even if true. it hits, you're like, hey, I did that. <laughs> yeah, I told you Alex Munoz has got a better resume, and then Dan told you why i was incorrect so maybe i'm maybe i'm incorrect no i i liked uh we'll see we don't need to go back to that fight again so we shall see come saturday all right that's it efficient got those fights in your ear holes for you if you want to talk more fights about any fight promotion in the world it's the spot the place to go is sportsgamingpodcast.com slash discord we're in the fights channel in there um we are talking all day long every day people are in there talking fights uh, Twitter is SGPN MMA and Gumby Vreeland and Jeff Fox writer. Instagram, Jeff underscore Fox underscore writer. You can get my Substack, get it a uh, free subscription, get it in your inbox every day. MMA writing at moneymma.substack.com. You get, as we told you, Gumby's top turtle MMA podcast is, has been dropped for this week already. He's got Tucker, not Tucker lots. He's got Evan Elder on it. And he's got, I remember Jamal Pogues. That's I correct. remembered <laughs> good interviews as per usual and all good things in the sports gambling sphere can be found at sports gambling podcast.com. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to give you the main card breakdown and we're going to give you our locks, dogs, props, parlays, all that fun stuff for, for this amazing fight card until then uh, I will remain the alien Jeff Fox and Kazakh Gumby Vreeland will be back tomorrow with me as well. Adios. 